Hey, hello, my name is Selena. And my name's Theoni, and you are listening to Piping Hot. You guys, we are a hot mess today. Okay, uh, it's been a week. No, it's <laughs> literally been a week, bro. Oh. I am unwell right now. My hair looks freaking crazy. <laughs> I did the hairstyle yesterday for the rooftop bar that I went to, like where I took my tiny curling iron and I made yeah. like the really tiny curls, yeah. which looks great. But I woke up this morning and my hair looked freaking <laughs> crazy. And I can't brush it out because then it'll just look worse. So yes. now I'm left with whatever kind of situation is happening. But yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're tired. But this episode is going to be one of the longest ones ever. Because our book episodes <laughs> are, are always, always so long. They're always a thousand years long. Literally 10,000 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm literally gonna oh my gosh okay how was your week it was good it was good I mean it was busy but I don't know nothing no like I nothing notable I'm just living for the weekends now really like (laughs) literally that's being an adult yeah but um but no my family came to visit me this weekend and I went shopping with my mom yesterday so I got new makeup stuff, new skincare <gasps> stuff. So I'm really I need excited. a haul, Selena. Oh crap! Okay, I'll I'll send you a picture. <laughs> <She> goes, oh <laughs> crap! No, because I love that's something we do, Selena and I. Like I feel like if we go shopping or like go to like Ulta or something, we always send like a Snapchat video of our hauls. I, I live for them. Yes, I live for your H and M hauls because every single time you show me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go to H and M now. Like I have to go. <laughs> no H and M. I feel like I either find nothing or I find everything. Yeah. Like there's no in between. Yeah. So. It's a hit or miss. But yeah. now I need to go to H&M. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my week was very exhausting. Yeah. And just crazy. Otherwise, my week was just really tiring. Yeah. And what did I do? Friday night? I feel like I did something, but I probably did nothing. And then yesterday I went to Home Goods with my friend nice. and we went out to lunch and I had half a greasy burger. It was really gross, um, which is why I didn't eat a lot. And then I went to the rooftop bar, which is really fun. A little weird, but mostly fun. And today I went to Target and I finished cleaning out my old apartment. So everything's done nice like officially so i'm officially here now so i left my keys and like everything like that and i returned the wi-fi equipment this is a really boring story but um that's what i did today and that's my life (laughs) good no have all your other roommates moved out like are is it now done one of one of my roommates she's on her way kira's on her way to seattle now mm-hmm. um and then the other one is not moved out yet so she'll be leaving in the next couple of days got it okay what are you drinking today yes okay this is actually very exciting it's a new kind of tea so <gasps> okay it's the blood orange um organic <laughs> um from trader joe's and it's really good actually the way you laughed <laughs> I'm I'm sorry because I felt very fancy because it's organic and I'm healthy or something I don't know (laughs) oh my god what are you drinking 
I'm drinking that tea that I got when you were here, the chamomile vanilla manuka honey. Mm. Um, I don't know. It was the first thing that I saw when I opened my like tea tea cabinet. I was like, I don't care. I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> you all, whenever you bring up that kind of tea, you always sound a little miserable, like you don't enjoy it. I do. Like, I enjoy okay. it more than the one that you left behind. God, that's so gross. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't thrown it out yet. To be honest, like I would have. <laughs> I would have thrown that out. I just have a sure. collection of tea. I need to organize it. <laughs> Dude, same. Um, we had some mice in our kitchen. Already? At the place. Already? Literally already in our cabinet and ate some of our food. So we texted our landlord right away and we were like, please, for the love of God, come fix it. So someone's coming on Tuesday in the morning to fix it um, and deal with the issue. But we were like, we're not. What the we're heck? Not dealing with this. That's yeah. so annoying. It's so annoying. Is it like one of the cabinets aren't like sealed and that's how they can get in? Well, but we were looking and I don't see any like holes, but also mice get in anything. spaces that literally anything. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know oh what's going gosh. on. But yeah, <laughs> my roommates and I were like, absolutely not. Um, yeah. Do I say mm. literally weird? No. Because Caitlin was telling me the other day that she's like, you say literally. And I was like, do I really? <laughs> I was like, do I really sound like that? So you say it sometimes, but that's only when you're like really passionate about something and you like, you like, we're both agreeing on something and you're like, literally. <laughs> but that's only when you're like really passionate about something, you know, like. Fair. <laughs> it's like the word slurs together. I can't even like talk fast enough to say it correctly. Oh my lord. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> so funny i was i meant to text you this but do you remember that tiktok that i sent you of that guy um basically yes, being do. like <laughs> stop <laughs> of the guy basically it's like a meme of like oh how people read books and like he's reading it and he shuts it and he's like oh my gosh and he like walks away and i was like oh my god this is like me literally me uh-huh. <laughs> literally yesterday jack sent that tiktok to me and he was like this is you and I, and, I, and, I, and I told him i was like um i sent that same exact tiktok to theoni a week ago like oh that's so funny he knows you so well i know i know literally, i was like oh my gosh sorry well especially because it is you yeah i mean so well you. especially with the book that we're talking about today he had to mm. sleep next to me as i read with my little book light squealing silently at like midnight like sorry he has work the next day but i'm like sorry sorry i gotta read the book so. <laughs> tough yeah really oh what pop culture stuff do you have today? <laughs> the thing that I already know the answer. I I have a no pop culture today, which is ironic because we're a pop culture podcast <laughs> and we have nothing this week. But also to my defense, I was like very, very engrossed in this book and life and just trying to like get yeah. stuff done. Um yes. But yeah, I have I have nothing. What about you? No, I don't have anything either. So um, maybe we need to change what kind of podcast yeah. because legit, I have nothing. Um, but that's okay. I also don't feel like 
there was a lot that I heard about this week. Yeah. You know what I oh, mean? You know what? The thing is, hmm. though, is that we already talked about this. Everything that's been on my For You page on TikTok has been about Don't Worry, Darling. But we already yes, talked about too. that. And so Literally. because the movie is going to be released soon. So it's like, well, I don't want to talk about it because we already talked about it last week. But there, yeah. that entire thing is a shit show. No, literally. I want a documentary. Yeah. I saw a TikTok comment that said, I would rather watch a documentary of Don't yes. Worry, Darling than like the actual movie. Yes. And I agree. Yeah. Be- Olivia's looking shadier and shadier by the minute. Ev- Especially yep. Shia LaBeouf exposed her. Yeah. He brought receipts. He was ready. He brought receipts. He was ready. He said, I think the heck not. Yeah, exactly. So. And I, I shared, um, I sent a TikTok, a couple TikToks to you about um, what he revealed and then also her video that she sent to Shia. And I was like, honey, honey, this is looking really bad. I don't think this Literally. is the press that you want. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really bad. <laughs> it is really bad. That's that. So should we jump into our topic of the day? I feel like such a failure. <laughs> no, this is our podcast. We could do whatever we want. Okay. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Sorry. What? Sorry. Sorry. I'm just like, <sighs> okay. Anyways, <laughs> today we are talking about the one and only <laughs> new novel by Allie Hazelwood called Love on the Brain. And I am very, 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 very excited to know all of your thoughts about Dr. Levi Ward. I just, I just need all of them. I just need <laughs> all of them. Yeah, okay. Listeners, you need to understand that when me and Theoni were reading this, we didn't send any comments, no audio messages to each other while we were reading this. So what you'll hear today is the first time that we're talking about it, which is very, very different because whenever we read books, we're always, always sending text messages and audio messages. So I am so excited to hear your thoughts. (laughs) I know. I'm excited to hear yours too because it's literally been painful to not share stuff. Oh, so painful. Like, I felt Uh, sick not not being able to, like, scream to you. (laughs) I know. Like, certain scenes, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. Do we want to give overall thoughts first? I have some overall thoughts. Do you have some? Okay. Probably. Okay. But I'll just, you say yours and I'll jump in. Okay. Immediately, I was very, very impressed with Allie Hazelwood. I think she stepped up her game from the love hypothesis and her little novellas that she uh, released this past year or whatever it was. And the reason why I say that, why I'm so impressed, is because immediately I could feel the stakes more in this book than compared to the love hypothesis. The love hypothesis, it was just like, oh, well, I got to date Adam Carlson to like save my friend Anne and da da da. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But with love on the brain, I was like, oh no, B has to do this. She has to do this or she's going to fail and her career is going to be down the drain or whatever. So it felt a lot more believable than compared to Olive and Adam. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Olive and Adam and I will freaking die for them every single day. <laughs> but... I can recognize that Allie Hazelwood's stakes in that book weren't as good as the love, love on the brain because it was just it it felt like there was no point of return for either sure. of them. And that's why I I liked it so much because it was believable. 
Okay, that part, yes, I agree. The stakes definitely were more intense and, like, palpable. Yes. But I can't say that I like this as much as I like the love hypothesis. Oh, me neither. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because, be, okay, as we'll get through it, as we'll get through it, you'll see that, don't get me wrong, love, love, love Levi, but Adam is my homeboy. Like, I can't. Adam is my homeboy. I, I like, can't. Like, yes, Levi is so special, and B is so cute and quirky, and her voice jumps off the page so incredibly, mm-hmm. but it's like, I I can't leave Olive and Adam behind. Like, I just right? can't. I can't. I know. I know. I also just feel like Levi was like, like, I liked him. But this was supposed to be like an enemies to lovers thing. And yes. I just didn't believe that it was like really enemies to lovers. Like, from the first chapter, I was like, he doesn't hate her. Like, the whole, like, throughout mm. the whole thing. I knew immediately that he never disliked her. Me neither, because, but that's because I knew it was a Allie Hazelwood book, and that, that kind of trope is always kind of her forte of, like, mm. the guy secretly loves her for years and da-da-da, you know? But I will say I did truly hate Levi up until probably, like, chapter 7 or chapter 8, and that's yeah. when it flipped for me where it's like, oh, it's, it's no longer enemies to lovers. They're just sure. friends. Like, they're just, yeah. they have to work together. Mm-hmm. Also, just random, too, I haven't read an Allie Hazelwood book in so long, but that's also because she only had one out. <laughs> this is her second. <laughs> um, and her novellas aren't, I like, you can't compare her novellas to anything because novellas no, are, like, a hundred freaking pages, not even. Um, yeah. I forgot how much she weaves things in and how much she brings them back. And it just mm-hmm. made me remember the love hypothesis. I was like, oh, my God. I just forget how much thought she puts into everything that they mention. And mm-hmm. it was just so fun, like, piecing things together. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> that part I do like about her writing a lot. Yeah. Um, but overall, I feel like to some degree, it was kind of similar to The Love Hypothesis, yeah. which was, like, I think why I had a hard time with that at some points. Because mm, yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm reading the same stuff story like I definitely felt like there were a lot of similarities between Levi and like Adam and also a lot of similarities between B and Olive Olive, and so it's like to me that made it a little difficult like I wanted something that was different but still like good you know um not to say that I didn't like it but it just can't compare definitely I I would argue that I can see the difference between B and Olive a lot better than I can see the difference between yeah. Levi and Adam. Even yeah. though I'll get into into some some of the differences between Levi and Adam later <laughs> as we talk about the book. But I do agree that there were some points where I was like, I don't know. I feel like that's very like Adam Carlson-esque of you mm. to do, you know? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, should we dive in now? (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) All right, chapter one. In chapter one, we get introduced to our main character, B. B recently got accepted into a program with NASA that she has dreamed about and will put her career back on track. However, the condition is that she has to work with her grad school nemesis, Levi. We also get introduced to B's sister, Reich, who is blunt, honest, and notices appearances more than her sister. We also get background on how, how B grew up. So... Here's the first thing I'll say about chapter one. Mm-hmm. The whole tie in to Marie Curie, like I 
I think it made more sense once we find out later about her Twitter account and stuff. Yes. But at first, I was like, this just feels kind of forced. Like, the connection to the biggest, like, one of the biggest female scientists mm. of all time and whatever. And I think as the book went on, it made more sense. Yeah. But as, like, the start to the book, it didn't, like, hook me right away. I wasn't hooked until chapter two. You know what's funny is that mm. her chapter one almost read like an Emily Henry chapter one because mm. Emily Henry loves to do these things where it's like she begins her chapters with like these very like abstract ideas that she can then tie to the main character in their real life and whatever. So as I was reading chapter one, I was like, am I reading an Emily Henry book? Because I know nothing about this main character right now. I know so much about Marie, like great. Right? But I was like, what? Like, how are we going to bring this back in? But yeah. I also will say that the whole like, oh, her lab coat was her wedding dress. I was like, I know that's going to. I yeah, know that's, that's going to come back. Yeah, like, I was like, yeah. I'm not dumb. I'm not dumb, Ali Hazelwood. <laughs> you're like, I see what you're putting yes. down. <laughs> Another thing I will say, I do love the side characters in this book a lot. Like, mm. I love her sister because I feel like she popped in at good moments. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I felt like we got a lot of background about her sister where I'm like I feel like we could get another book with her sister now because yes. we got so much like it almost seems like it could be like a standalone series yeah. in that way but I did like her sister a lot and how right away she's like oh Levi like the hot one like and she's like no no he's not and I was like <laughs> like I love that <laughs> stuff you know yeah I uh, feel I agree too because I feel like the side characters in this book made a lot more sense rather than they were just kind of there in the mm -hmm. love hypothesis. Even though you could argue that Anne was the whole reason why Olive did what she did. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all of the side characters in this book had bigger roles okay. that came to play. The whole first chapter, I literally have two different notes about okay. this. So here's what one of my notes reads. Okay. Fugly, laughy face, laughy face, page eight. Okay, so he implicitly offended her, dot, dot, dot. I guarantee she completely misread that and will find out find out why soon lol then under that page nine in all caps girl he said nothing probs because he didn't know what to say and was in love with you so anyways and then and then there was this was a quote at the bottom of page nine okay i never resented him for refusing to be strong-armed into pretending that he found me attractive or well, not repulsive. He always seemed like a man's man after all, different from the boys that surrounded me. Serious, disciplined, a little brody, intense and gifted, alpha, whatever that even means. A girl with a septum piercing and a blue ombre wouldn't conform to his ideals of what pretty ladies should look like, and that's fine. And I literally said, she thinks that's not his idea of a pretty girl. And also, she had a fiancé. So, like, yeah. what are you girlfriend that's right why why are you why do you care if he finds you attractive okay but i think that was a plot device in order for ali hazelwood to set up their dynamic because yes. i think that is what is so important in this book which we'll get into their twitter personas later but i think it's so important because we think one thing where b is like oh he doesn't like the way that she looks and mm -hmm. we're getting that from her perspective so we're like okay that makes sense. But yep. then as we slowly keep reading, we're like, wait a second. 
Levi never fucking thought that. Like what? Yeah. Like what's happening? Like there's two different, almost two different parallel paths happening. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun because we get to see both sides. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, that's so true. That's so true. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. It's so funny because I don't like when I know, like, okay. To me, right away, it was so obvious that B was just missing every single signal or every important thing that he could possibly say that might indicate that he thinks otherwise. Like on page 12, when she hears him in the room talking to, I think, Boris, and I literally wrote in my note, okay, I'm annoyed because if she had just listened, I bet he said they can't work together because he likes her or there is some other reason. And of course there was, but I was just like, girly, why don't you listen? Like, and again, it's a plot device, but I was irritated. I was like, girly, just listen, listen. Why do you stop them to stop (laughs) listening? I mean, I guess the thing is, though, like, would would you stay and listen? I guess me personally, I would barge in and be like, what the hell are you talking about? But that's just me. That's that's (laughs) the difference between us. You'd be like, what the fuck did you say, Richard? Oh, wait, no. What is it? What the fuck did you say, Kyle? No. What the fuck did you say? (laughs) And I would just be sitting there listening until I'm literally with like ear against the door until I'm literally bawling. And then I'd be like, okay, I think I need to be done now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I would, I would have barged in. So, I mean, in her defense, I understand why B would have walked away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... (laughs) I, again, I think it's just a plot device of like, we needed B to hate Levi yeah. and Allie Hazelwood also needed us to hate Levi walking yes. into this book. So I feel like the way that she set it up made sense yes, <laughs> the way that she did. wanted it to. Yeah. Yes. You're right. You're right. <laughs> this is another thing. One of those okay. things that Allie Hazelwood said in the first chapter that I knew it's going to come back okay. was when she packed her dress that he hates supposedly. <laughs> and I was like, I know that's going to come back into play later and I'm going to love every second of it because there is nothing I love more than when a girl is like wearing something and the guy just like can't control himself because he loves her in that so much like in the love hypothesis when olive was wearing his t-shirt and adam couldn't even speak (laughs) like that is the stuff i love like i live for that yeah, I agree. I was like, I was like, mm, I wonder when that dress is going to come back. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Chapter one, we get background on her sister and the fact that her parents died. Yes. And so I think that was good to know right away, too, because it kind of helped us understand her a little bit more. And that's another thing, too, of why I think Love on the Brain, or at least Allie Hazelwood stepped up her game with Love on the Brain, mm. is because she gave B an actual like wound like she yes. gave she gave be an actual wound that very much materialized into her real life seeping into literally every single aspect of her life which we'll get to in the third act because that comes really big into play but again I feel like the way that she built B was so much more tangible and believable than Olive. But again, I still love Olive. But that's all I have for chapter one. Do you have anything else? I do not. Chapter two. And what 
New York accent <laughs> just came out. Chapter two. In chapter two. <laughs> God. Oh, Lordy. Okay. In chapter two, B makes her way to Houston to begin her project. During her travels, we find out that she is the mastermind behind the famous Twitter account for women in STEM. Not only that, but she formed a friendship with a man behind another popular STEM Twitter account. <laughs> right away, I knew it was <laughs> him. Too, sorry, sorry. Right Literally. away, I was like... Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I loved it. Me okay, too. sorry, continue. Sorry, sorry. Okay. The catch is they don't know who each other are in real life. Then B arrives in Houston and decides to tour her workplace for the first time. We get introduced to the astronaut guy, and B is saved by her least favorite engineer, Levi. <laughs> right away, I hated Tim so much. Like her ex fiance. Mm -hmm. I hate, I was like, oh. There is nothing more I love in these books than hating a man who does my girl wrong. Yeah. Like, no, I hate you, Tim. I hate you. Like when he's when it's described that he's like laughing with the rest of them at yeah. her. And like, oh, I was like, screw you, dude. Yeah. Ew. And like just the way too, as we read the book, we get little glimpses of like what Tim would tell B to do. Yes. And I'm like, you lived this way, B? Like I, ugh. it was horrible. Literally horrible. horrible. I will say I love the idea of the Twitter account being such a big part of the storyline. Yeah. I thought it was so clever, yeah. so modern, so every I just thought that was such a good like such a good surprise. Like I wasn't expecting something like that and I loved it. I agree. And I also I agree with what you said, too, is that like I immediately knew that it was yeah. him, but I ate it up. But what yeah. makes it even better is that like even after all these years after grad school, they were like still talking to each other, even though they didn't know it. Like that, like that's what gets me. That is what gets me because it's like yeah. Levi thinks that she's so far off. But it's like, no, no, honey, she is right there. And you've been talking to her the entire time. <laughs> 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 oh my god I it's just it. so cute <laughs> oh my gosh i can't believe i have a note about this i'll save i'll i literally just say okay i love guy kowalski which is so funny because <gasps> obviously later uh -huh. on but i i really liked him at first i thought he was so nice i really we'll talk more about it later yeah. but i liked him at first nope i did too and i i pulled out some very specific parts of the book of why i liked him and i think again yep. goes to the point of ali hazelwood did such a good job of setting down those stones for us to be like oh we do like him my note here just says in all caps ha 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 no way she just reconnected with levi after he saved her from getting crushed i quit <laughs> I, that was such a dramatic like rom-com moment where she's about to get crushed by this mm -hmm. thing and he like pushes her out of the way again so cheesy but i ate it up me too i loved it and then the way it's described that they're like bodies <laughs> pressed together and like the way he cradled her face <gasps> and like the way his like thigh is like in between yes <laughs> It's, again, so over the top, but I ate it up. I it was so dramatic. <laughs> and and that, was, that was the moment when I knew, well, I didn't know, but okay. I anticipated that this book was going to be a little steamier than The Love Hypothesis in the sense oh. that, like, I thought there was going to be more, yes. which there, there was. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, that's all I have for chapter two. Because I feel nice. like it, you know, there wasn't a ton to say right away. Cool. Okay, well, we'll get into chapter three then. So here's a synopsis for chapter three. Mm-hmm. It's B's first day working at NASA on Blink. Guy gives her and Rocio a tour of the building and their offices, and B realizes that her quit- her equipment isn't here, and their offices are a lot farther away from Levi's and the rest of the team. B gets her first look at the helmet prototype and states that the pattern of holes in the inner shell is incorrectly placed. Then they go to a conference room for introductions, and the chapter ends with B confronting Levi about the previous day, her missing equipment, and Levi's particular rule about dress code. So this is when I was like, okay, let's let's kind of get into the plot, like the meat yep. of what we were promised of them working together. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get to it, especially about the end of this chapter. But to start <sighs> off, to start off, I wish, oh God, a part of me wishes that we got the scene of like what happened after she fainted. Because in chapter three, we only got a summary, which is mm-hmm. fine. But still, I would have loved to like actually see like Levi bridal carrying her to the lobby like miss ellie hazelwood why would you give me that in a summary i know i want the details where was his hand placed did he look worried yes let me know yes and i was just like okay whatever i understand that you have to like skip to her first day right but i still wanted it but here's the thing. If she was fainted, the book is from B's perspective. So unless she switched between the POVs, there was no way to do that other than through a summary. Yeah, I guess. But it, it could have also been done where she like wakes up on the couch in the lobby. Sure. And she like hears yeah. him. He hears him like calling someone out of being like, mm. what is happening? Like, why did you? Yeah. Why do you have these Fair. things out for it to fall? Because like, he was cussing someone out. In this chapter, we get crazy background about mm-hmm. Levi and B in grad school. And I'm sorry, the lengths that he would go to avoid her was absolutely ridiculous. Astronomical. Yes. I was like, dude, relax. I know. So like, oh, at the bottom of page 36, um, this is what this is what it says. Oh, my gosh. OK, let me see. <laughs> also, I love that she calls him Dr. Wardass. <laughs> Sorry, that's so random. No, I think it's so funny too. <laughs> okay. Bottom of page 36. This is Dr. Wardass, after all. The man who once stood for a two-hour meeting rather rather than take the empty seat next to her. Uh, the man who exited a game of poker he was winning because someone dealt me in. The man who hugged everyone in the lab on his last day at Pitt and promptly switched to handshakes when it was my turn. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is ex- like this is so excessive. So, so excessive. Especially the poker thing. I was like, dude, yes. it's not like you're alone. Like, and what are you... And also the whole lecture thing of like he's going to stand up for two hours rather than take the last seat next to her. I was like, you are a full grown ass man. Get (laughs) over it. Like I was just at that point, I was like, this is excessive. No, literally. (laughs) This is a lot. (laughs) Thank you. Which then goes into my next point of when B tours the place and all of her equipment hasn't showed up. I was so convinced it was Levi. So who was, was all behind it because again Allie Hazelwood did a fantastic way of setting it up where it was like between B and Levi's dynamic because it was him 
that had to authorize everything. It was him who had to do the signatures and all of that stuff. So I was fully on board to be like, Levi, what are you doing? Like, this is so annoying. I will admit I was on, I was on the Levi hate train, like from the start. Like you might have, you might have seen through it, but I was ready to hate his guts. <laughs> no, especially at the end of this chapter, I switched real quick. Oh Don't. my, yeah. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about B wearing her maternal grandmother's ring on her left hand. Uh, the second I saw that, I was like, this is going to come into play. I yep. just know it. I was yep. like, you're not going to call it out that she's fidgeting with it or whatever without it be like, without it carrying over to the future chapters along with like her grandmother's ring i feel like the clues in love on the brain were a lot better than the clues in the love hypothesis like i feel like yes in the love hypothesis she was able to bring things back which is great but in love on the brain though i feel like all the clues came back but they were also important to the plot i think that's yes. what was even better compared to the love hypothesis because the ring the ring does come back and there's a mm -hmm. lot of other things that do but it plays directly into the plot which i love and i like ate that up also i love that when b sees the helmet prototype for the first time she immediately sees something wrong which tells me she's like such a badass who's smart right. and knows what she's talking about. Yes. I was like, I was like, yes, B. Like you call out all these things, and it also proves to us that like this is why she's here. This is why yep. NIH sent her in the first place. My favorite part, personally, is when she's dissing Levi to Lamar and Guy, and Levi is standing right behind I her. I loved that so much. I was like. I was like, that's such a classic Allie Hazelwood thing. But it I is. was cackling when I read that part. Same. Because oh I felt the awkwardness. Yes. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> the fact that Levi was eating her donut pissed me off. Same. I was like, you, I literally in my head, I was like, you did that on purpose, yes. asshole. Yes, exactly. Again, another reason why I hated him. Because I was like, mm -hmm. So you're, you're going to sit there and you're just going to like eat it smugly in front of her. And th the fact that too, that they were sitting on opposite sides of the conference table. Mm -hmm. So they were facing each other made it even more awkward. <laughs> yeah. Also, when they were doing icebreakers, I knew they would have something in common. I, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. when I was reading this part because he said Empire Strikes Back is his favorite movie and then we get internal dialogue from me of like oh shit Empire Strikes Back is my favorite movie and I was like oh no oh no I loved that so much Ugh. yeah and then just another notable thing in this chapter is that we get to meet Levi's research assistant, Kaylee Jackson. As soon as I saw her and Rocio together, I immediately knew something was up, which was cute. No, same. No, yeah. immediately I was like, there are some vibes, especially yes. as the chapters go, go on. I think I have a note about it at some point mm -hmm. because Rocio was so averse to like yes. being around her. I was like, some stuff is happening. I know. Like this, yeah. Also, sidebar, I... I thought of Rocio as Audrey Plaza from Parks and Rec. Wow. Now that you say that, yes. Right? Because she like, was so weird and was always saying these like weird, creepy facts. But like yeah. B like loved her so much. I was like, oh, no, you're definitely Audrey Plaza from Parks mm -hmm. and Rec, which I loved because I thought it was just very, very funny the way that she was 
B's research assistant when mm-hmm. B is like very like bubbly and nice and all that stuff. Okay, so getting to the end of this chapter where they have a conversation outside in the hallway. We immediately get that he's tense when B catches him outside the conference room. And I just knew. I was like, there's something more than this. Like, I feel like, yes, you might hate her, but there is something else. Like, why are you so, like, jumpy around her? And I'm like, there is definitely, definitely something else. Okay, another sidebar. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I I just have to say my piece about it, okay? Okay. Let's talk about Levi's physical description, okay? Because while I love myself a broad, big man like Henry Cavill, this was overkill to describe just how big he was. Like, I was so over it by this book. Like, I I, I was like, really? You need to describe how, how big he is for the fucking fifth time? Please, go again. Go again. Like, I was just... I could not. I really could not be like we get it. Yes, we get yes. it. I was like, yes, he dwarfs the chair. He's huge. Whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and then so many times we get the difference between yes. their height and like, yes. okay, yes, so she's small, he's big, or or, <laughs> oh or or like the way the way that her, like his hand like wraps around Go, the back of her, her yes. hand. <laughs> Uh, yes i again i love me some big hands but girlfriend exactly it was overkill like i love it but you don't have to do it every single fucking chapter (laughs) agreed and then we also get that v keeps thinking about his thighs pushing between her legs and i was like i don't blame her because i do the same i do no, the same. that was so relatable where it's like you don't want to keep thinking about something but you're like that was that yeah. was hot. Like that it keeps it just keeps coming back. You're like, yeah. shit, shit. <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. They talk about the cat that B saw when the whole thing was falling on her. The only reason why I'm mentioning it is because it's important later on in the book. Mm-hmm. They talk about how and why B ended up at NIH. Um, but they keep it very vague, which again we'll find out later. And then Levi finally asks about Tim. And I think it goes to this whole point, too, back of, like, we know things that B doesn't know that Levi doesn't know. And I love it because in this instance, B assumes that Levi knows what Tim did to her. But as we later find out, he doesn't, which makes the tension even more juicy. Like, right? it's just it's yes. perfect. It's mm-hmm. so good. And then this last part, which I, it it, like, tipped me. It tipped me over the edge when he commented about what she was wearing and how she looks and her physical appearance when he himself is in jeans and a fucking t-shirt i was like the audacity to comment on it i was ready to kill him i was so pissed i know i was so pissed (laughs) (laughs) don't get me wrong i love i love dr levi ward but i was ready to kill him (laughs) I was like, nah. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say like, I'm literally. I read that and I was plotting his murder. Like I, which is funny cannot. because V does the same thing too. <laughs> literally, but no, that part made me so mad. And then she's talking about how everyone else dresses however they want, yes. and I was like, screw you, dude. Yeah. Like I was like, 
if thinking in my head, I'm like, good luck, Allie Hazelwood, walking yourself out of this one because I, that is just so beyond. Yes. That is just so beyond. And the fact that like his own research assistant, Kaylee, was in a dress too. And she was Literally. wearing all that stuff. So I was like, oh my God. Like, I thought I hated you and I hated you even more now. Like, that mm-hmm. is just so rude. Literally so rude. Anyways, that is how chapter three ends. Do you have any thoughts on anything else? I do not think so. Okay. Then we can get into chapter four. Here is the synopsis. Chapter four starts with B and Rocio getting locked out of their office at NASA. Guy has some questions for B about Blink and nonchalantly throws out a mention of a date. We learn that Levi has a child and that he's the one who needs to authorize the funds for B's equipment. B fantasizes about the many ways she can torture slash kill Levi. <laughs> on the fifth day of her job, she walks in on Levi and Rocio talking. B admits to Rocio that Levi doesn't like her, which prompts B to truly think about what he had done to make her think that. Mm-hmm. The chapter ends with the conversation with Reich, and B decides to be firm with her demands next week. So this entire time, I just felt really bad for B because I think she was so earnest in her motives, and she wanted this so badly, and like it was such a big break for her mm-hmm. that when she finally gets to Nassau and she finally has her first week, it like goes to shit and i was like that sucks that sucks so much no it does and she literally it was one thing after another and if that's not something we can all relate to it's just like she's trying so hard to be positive and find ways around things but it's like one thing after another i know it was heartbreaking it's like she was set up to fail and she just Mm -hmm. like could not accept it she just kept pushing through which is like good for her but like holy crap that is so hard of course, Guy throws out a mention of a date. I was actually rereading this scene for my notes, uh-huh. and I forgot that he had asked for a date. And I was you like, did? "Yeah," and I was like, "Oh, how interesting!" Because then he does it later again, um, as we keep reading. But like, this was the first time that he asked, or at least threw out the idea of a date. And I was like, "Oh, that is." very interesting like I, I must have like forgotten it but I thought she might go with him actually me too I thought she was I thought she was going to for a second me but. too because you know what again going back to the way that Allie Hazelwood set up Guy's character like I thought that he was like this cute random guy at the lab and like mm-hmm. he was just like such a good safe option yeah you know but I think it's because we were so focused on Levi that he never even got past my like mm-hmm field of vision sure (laughs) okay i have an audio message for page 54 i don't understand this thing where in order to be a bro (laughs) he has to own a truck and he has to like have muscles and he has to like do this and that like i'm just like I don't know. A part of me, like, loves it. I'm like, yes, yes. But then another part of me, like, my feminist side, I'm like, you know, it's okay to be a bro and like other things that are not typical bro-y, okay? I don't know. (laughs) That's literally it. I think that part goes hand in hand with the whole physical description, like, of Mm. him, of, like, he's big and broad and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, and he's also a bro and owns a truck. I'm just like... Can we just stop? Like, I'm right? so over it. I was so over it. So what? okay, but I have no. to say, I did love that he was a bro because, you know me, and your fuck boys. I know. <laughs> it's and so dumb. I feel like he's so much more broy than Adam Carlson. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. So that part I liked. That's one oh. thing that I feel like differentiated them. Okay. Um, and not going to lie, I like it. It's just, yeah. It always <laughs> surprises me because I never speak to those people really in real life, nor do I feel like I get along with that like stereotype that well because I'm just like the farthest thing from like <laughs> yeah. a a cool like, yeah, let's do yeah you know so anyway yes you know i know the, yes i do know i'm i'm very very familiar <laughs> anyways oh, next okay. one next audio message is page 55 okie dokie <laughs> levi has a kid i did not see this coming this is a plot twist i did not see coming i don't know i feel like because all I have is the love hypothesis and her three short novellas where I'm constantly comparing, which I'm trying not to, right? But it's hard when that's like all, that's all that I have from Allie Hazelwood. So I didn't expect this coming, but, but I don't hate it. I know like a kid trope is sometimes kind of like a hit or miss for people, but I personally like it. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that, too, because mm. in the book talk or just the book community in general, a lot of the pregnancy tropes and the kid tropes are deal breakers for people. Mm. So I was just I wanted to hear your thoughts when you realized that Levi had a kid. I I liked it. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot, yep. actually. Um, and just in general with like pregnancy tropes or kid tropes, I feel like it has to be done in a way where it's not mm. just like a brief plot device like if if you're gonna have a kid in the story or have the pregnancy in the story have it serve some purpose for the plot don't just be like oh he has a kid cute and then never have that be part of the the story yes you know what I mean um so I think that the fact that he had one was good and then the way that that played out was also really well done yes so that part I I really liked it in this book it was so confusing to me because you already know this about me, but it's like any time a fictional man interacts with a kid, I'm like, oh, I'm on it. I'm on the train. No, <laughs> no. instant panty dropper for sure. Exactly. Really. Like it's- if you know how to, in real life too, to be <laughs> yes. honest, you interact with a kid, literally you could look at a child with like love in your eyes and I'm like, I love you. Like I'm ready to marry like, you right now. Like, literally. Yeah. Like have my babies. Exactly. Kid, you know? And so <laughs> that's why I was so confused because I was like, shit, Levi has a kid, so he has that soft side of him but right Mm. now i am so so on this hate train that i can't i can't even acknowledge this other side of him (laughs) so i was just like so conflicted the line of my notes that i have is that ugh about his physical appearance on page 56 again (laughs) oh my god okay sorry i'm like throwing up in my mouth already oh god sorry I smile up at him, leaning my hip against the sink. God, he's so tall and broad. He's a thousand-year-old. Someone with a body like this has no business owning a nerdy mod. I'm sorry. I can't. Like, there's no per. Wait, does it keep going? No, no. That's I, I don't... It. Why? What did that do for anything? We get it. Yeah. He's tall. You're telling me he's a thousand year oak? What does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? (laughs) You are literally in distress. Oh my God. Again, I just like, it was so overboard. I'm just like, 
Tell me he's tall and broad. Don't fucking tell me he's a thousand year old. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> he's a tree. He's a fucking tree. <laughs> I'm sorry. God, I like can't take it seriously. <sighs> okay. Finally, on the fifth day, we see Levi chatting with Rocio in their office. Mm -hmm. And that's when B walks in and he's smiling. And this is, again, another clue where I was like, something's up. Like, there is mm -hmm. so much more to the story that we're not getting. Mm -hmm. And... Like, someone is not being, like, truthful or some, something's going on here. Because, like, I couldn't even, at this point, I couldn't even fathom him being, like, nice to anyone. Mm -hmm. Even though yeah. we've had, like, the rumors from, like, Guy of, like, oh, yeah, Levi's a really great, he's a really Boston. great, yeah, he's a bro and blah, 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 all this other stuff. So I was like, really, you're smiling? Okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. I also love that we finally get to see B think about when, why, and how Levi hated her in grad school and it really poses the question of like okay well B were you reading into something differently than everyone else was so on page 60 this is what she says I actually have no idea I try to think back to my first meeting with him but I can't remember it it must have been my on my first day of grad school when Tim and I joined Sam's lab but I have no memories he was vaguely hostile to me well before the incident in Sam's office when he declined to collaborate but I can't place the start of it interesting I guess Tim or Annie might know so it's interesting where it's like she's even doubting herself now. So now mm -hmm. at this point, I'm like, okay, well, B, you're unreliable. Like, I can't, yeah, right? I can't take your word for it because at this point he's smiling. He's being nice. He has a kid. I'm like, what? I was just very confused. Yeah. The stark difference between the two different, like, versions of Levi was so palpable. Yes. But I loved it, though, too. Me because too. I feel like we needed Levi to be the bad guy at the beginning of the book mm -hmm. in order to push B the way that she was pushed. Mm -hmm. uh, the chapter ends with B contemplating if Levi is truly sabotaging the entire project because he doesn't want, want to work with B. But again, mm -hmm. his actions are very convincing. So at this point, I was still on the train of like, oh, yes, Levi, Levi is sabotaging her. Yep. No, I agree. I kind of yeah. thought he was, to be honest. Yeah. But that is the end for chapter four. Chapter five. This one I don't have a lot for. Okay. Chapter five begins with B getting news from Trevor. Fucking Trevor. Sorry. <laughs> Whenever I read that name, that's what I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> from, from the after yes, movies you yes. know oh my god the, the way he said fucking travel travel oh okay <laughs> be getting news from trevor that she must start sending weekly reports of her progress otherwise she'll get cut from the project which sends b off to confront levi since he is seemingly behind all the bumps in the road she has faced so far Levi wants B to believe that she should just believe him, but she is adamant that she shouldn't. And when she goes to talk to his supervisor, then he tries to convince her not to. Mm -hmm. Luckily, B runs into Rocio on the way out of his office, which stops her from going to his supervisor for now. The first thing I said, the way my jaw dropped when one, Trevor threatened her, and then two, when we find out Levi canceled the order. Wow, I hate mm -hmm. him too at this point. Like all these things like... At first, I was like, oh, B's like reading into it wrong. Like he clearly likes her and is just whatever. But then these things were happening and I was like, 
But Levi did cancel the orders and Levi did say these things. Yes. And even even if he was doing them for other reasons, like that's still shitty. I know. And that's why I was confused at the beginning because it's like we're getting all of these pieces secondhand about Levi and how great he is. Yet B is getting such a different side from him where I'm like, Mm -hmm. who? What are you trying to do? Like, what? What is your plan? And I think that's what made me so pissed off at him Mm -hmm. for. Okay, and then I have a quote on page 74. Hold on. Something odd happened. Okay, wait. I'm just going to read the paragraph before because to give it some context. Okay. Trust you. I laugh in his face. Why the hell should I trust you? I stab my finger at him again, and this time he closes his palm around it to stop me. Something (laughs) odd happens. His grip slides down to my palm, and for a moment, he's almost holding my hand in his. It makes my skin tingle and my breath catch. His too. It must be his cue to realize that he's touching me. Me, the most abhorrent creature of the seven seas. He lets go immediately, as if burned. I love a good touching hand moment. Mm-hmm. I really do. They do something to me. Like when I get a paragraph about they touched hands and I felt the electricity in my, like, I don't care what it is, but I eat it up. Like those little moments that we get in the midst of hating him uh-huh. so much made me feel mm-hmm. the push and pull so <laughs> much. Like the tension was just so palpable yes. where I was like, oh my God, you guys are so angry at each other, but there's right. something else going on. I was also going to say, say that that's the female gaze mm-hmm. like that's a, it it's emily henry does it ellie mm-hmm. hazelwood does it. it's just like <laughs> that is what i want that is only what i want yep. literally <laughs> <laughs> okay b and rocio talking about the gre just gave me vietnam flashbacks like i related so much to rocio in that moment oh yeah <laughs> like i remember the GRE is such BS. So the fact that that became such a big thing in this book yeah. felt so realistic to me. And thank goodness my program did not require the GRE. Damn. Because I did not do that well. The only section I did well on of with the GRE was the writing. The other ones I did not do well on. And... It is such, but it obviously has no indication of how I would be as a therapist. Yeah. So like hearing that just felt so fresh and real to me. And validating probably as well. Yes, like it was. And yes, I'll talk about them more later damn. too. But yeah, that's what I have for chapter five. Do you have anything else? I was just going to say that I really did like that Trevor was added in chapter five because again... I feel like the stakes were a lot better. And with the way that Trevor was like, well, you're not the only one who applied for the position. And I was like, oh, shit. Like he Trevor is not afraid to pull B out of this project Mm -hmm. that she really, really needs for her career. So, again, Mm -hmm. I felt like the stakes were so much better than the love hypothesis because they were tangible and there were actual consequences if she didn't do what she was supposed to do. Yep. One hundred percent. Chapter six. Chapter six begins with B overhearing a conversation between Levi and Boris, where we find out Levi has been on B's side and has not been sabotaging the project. Instead, we find out NASA and NIH don't want to share patents, which threatens the entire project. Levi then finds out B overhears this conversation and takes her away to talk about what is going on. However, B is not having it. She finally shares how upset she is about him hating her for no reason, and although Levi denies this is true, B doesn't believe him. The chapter ends with B messaging schmuck. 
So my first note was like, ha ha ha, I knew Levi was on her side this whole time. Yes. But then this, again, I'm going to take a word out of your mouth. The stakes were so high because the fact that the project might be canceled, I think just yeah. really also forced Levi to stop hiding things from her and to stop like keeping her on the outside mm -hmm. of so many things um, or at least force him to work together with her a little more. I agree. Like at this point, I was like, oh, crap. Well, Blink is going to be canceled. But now Levi wants to fight for it. I guess mm -hmm. in my mind, I was like, OK, that makes sense. Like the stakes are freaking crazy right now. Mm -hmm. But I was still on the side of like, OK, Levi, why do you want this so bad? Right. You know, that's the only part that I still didn't get. But everything else, I was like, OK, you're you're slowly becoming redeemable for me. You know, Yep, exactly. The way that this was described in the scene when Levi catches B eavesdropping, like how she finally decides <laughs> to listen by the door and then he opens it and she literally like falls at him like that part was so funny to me like I just love the way it was written page 82 when he leads her away with a grip on her elbow I'm gonna melt LMAO <laughs> again it's the little moments of touch it that really, just it really really does <laughs> it's like it, oh. it does its job my note says okay this whole conversation under the bleachers dot 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 i better get a dang good explanation soon about what the f it's happening with his child which i'm not convinced is his child and why he always ignored b so right then i was like something is happening here yeah. like some you know okay so then of course he's trying to explain i don't hate you like i'm trying he's trying to explain the situation and he is like wait be wait and she doesn't wait which good for her honestly because just because now he's ready to explain himself doesn't mean that she has to be ready to listen exactly okay? because she gets to make her own decisions about when she listens and when she doesn't so yep. i was like go off girl Yep, I agree. On page 91, in the conversation between her and Schmack, literally, there's a quote that said, she's still the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. At that point, I was like, how do you not know it's each other? I like, know. I was like, Ugh. So, like, the whole time, their conversations were so painful because I was like, it is so obvious to me but she is so blinded to the fact that she thinks levi hates her that she yeah. cannot pick up on these clues i agree but i disagree at the same time too like yes mm. and no because yes i was like you got it's it's you guys like why why can't you see this like this is so dumb but i think at the other end it's like okay well levi is under the assumption that she's married so, of mm. course, B thinks it's not her because she's not married. So I'm like, OK, yeah. there's one. Right. Two is that if this was in real life, I don't think I would jump to a conclusion that fast because it's just Fair. too good to be true. I'm like, mm. are you kidding me? The, the coincidence of us being these two personas online, but then also being coworkers in real life. I'm like, no. uh, -uh. So a part of me is like, OK. In the real world, it makes sense. But I think because we're reading it on paper, we're like, it's too obvious. But yep. but yeah, that's what I have for chapter six. All right. Moving on to chapter seven. Here is my synopsis. Chapter seven opens with V sleepily answering her phone. 
Who's on the other line, you ask? The one and only Dr. Wardass. <laughs> Levi asks for her to meet at the Space Center before 7 a.m. They confront Boris together, and Levi shows him that a company named MagTech is also competing for a helmet tech similar to what they're already developing, and many businesses are already interested in them instead of NASA and NIH. Boris agrees to chat with the director to unshelf blink and get the project started again levi and b chat in the hallway and b comes to term that it's okay if levi hates her the chapter ends with b sharing the good news that blink is back on with rocio i guess a part of me like this chapter gave me some clarity and it gave me some more trust with levi but it's i still needed just a little bit more also <laughs> i really hope that like ellie hazelwood has like bonus bonus chapters because i want this chapter from levi's perspective like yes. i want to know what he's thinking when he sees b show up in leggings and a flannel without a bra and yes. i'm 100 percent convinced that he knew she didn't have a bra either he noticed yes. he noticed yes. and he could not Stop thinking about I know. it. 100%. <laughs> I know. And I need I need this chapter in his perspective, like, so badly. At the bottom of page 95, when he just said, like, there's no time, just follow my lead. And yeah. B said, I thought we were co-leads. And then he almost smiles and says, follow my co-lead then. <gasps> I died. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Now you're being nice? I know. <gasps> <laughs> like the cutest thing. Follow my Coley. Like, because they're Coley. Like, oh my gosh. <gasps> Just the cutest. I love them together. Really, I yeah. I loved when B basically schooled them on neurology and was like, I can do it because I'm already here and I already mm -hmm. know what needs to be fixed, but mm -hmm. MegTech might not know. And mm -hmm. At that moment, she just proved herself so invaluable. And I love that because it was basically a point of no return for the book. Like she mm -hmm. was now committed to this project with her nemesis from grad school. Mm -hmm. Question for this chapter. Yeah. Did we ever find out how Levi got the pictures of Magtech's prototype? Like later in the chapter, he says like, oh, a friend or whatever. But was it ever like revealed later on in the book of like how his connections got I protests? don't think so, actually. Okay. Now that you bring that up, I don't think so. I know. I was trying Which to is think. interesting. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I mean, I guess that's the only plot hole I was concerned about, you know? Well, there's there's another thing that I, or another storyline I feel like didn't get finished. Okay. But we'll talk about that Okay, later. sounds good. Sounds good. Coming off of that, I do love the idea of Levi committing in some light espionage. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, like right? that's so Levi. Like, Adam mm -hmm. Carlson would never... No, I feel like he's so Adam morally Carson. right. Like he's yes. like, I can't. <laughs> Levi's like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. No, literally though. Again, another difference between them that yes. I like. You yeah. know, I agree. I also love that it was B who called the shot that they could do it in three months, because it gives yes. her so much sway over the project. And I love that mm -hmm. she has that much control and investment in it, and that people are actually listening to her about it. Mm -hmm. And I also love that it was Levi who turned to her and was like, well, can you do it? Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, yeah, I can do it. I was like, yes, of course I I can. know, I love that too. <laughs> yeah. Because I liked how we finally saw her coming into her own a little bit in the sense yes. that like gaining confidence in a situation that doesn't, 
want her to be confident. Exactly. And the thing is, too, is that, like, this was the first time that someone even freaking acknowledged her. And it was Levi, her, like, quote-unquote nemesis or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy that she's... She, like, took the chance to really step up and be like, yep, I'm here for a reason and I'm going to do my mm-hmm. job. So after they leave Boris's office, they have this weird-ass conversation where I was begging B to just let Levi talk. It was mm-hmm. so painful for me that she kept interrupting him. And I was just like, if you could just be quiet, he right? could finish his thoughts and we would be done here, okay? On page 100, when she's basically talking over him and going on this long spiel, she says, quote, even though, let's be real, I'm a delight. What's wrong with you? And she, I, I cackled because Levi didn't know she was joking and his, like, face falls. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Levi. Just poor, innocent <laughs> Levi thinking that he's getting, like, freaking, like, chewed out. I also really love this quote on page 101. When B is still talking, B is still talking, okay? This is a quote from her. She says, the point is, sometimes dislike is a gut reaction, like falling in love at first sight, you know, just the opposite. And I was like, that's so beautiful, but also in a way, she doesn't know that that's how Levi feels about her. And I was just like, that's so, it just, oh, it like pained me to be like, she doesn't know that he feels the opposite for her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just let him talk. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It's also funny that when Kaylee finds them, she has to say Levi's name three times to finally get his attention. Girl, if that's not enough evidence for you that he's smitten right? with you, then I don't know what it is. Like, what else do you Literally. need? What else do you Literally. need? <laughs> he is giving you undivided attention. Yes! Like, he is not noticing anyone else but you, girl. Exactly. So the chapter ends with Levi texting B that her equipment is arriving tomorrow and that they can meet together pretty soon to go over the project. B is ecstatic, as she should be, and she tells Rocio... At the mention of Kaylee, Rocio literally leaves the office. And I was cackling at the way she just picked up all her shit and just left. Like, no, no words at all. It was so funny. (laughs) So funny. Uh, But that's the end of chapter seven. Do you have anything for that chapter? I do not. Great, then let's, let's dive into eight then. Great. Here is a synopsis. B has to come to terms that she'll be working with engineers. And while not all of them are bad, the ones she's working with are. Levi teases her for the first time. We get another mention at the Sullivan prototype that the team is keen on following, though Levi urges them to change it based on B's recommendation. Finally, they get their equipment and Guy helps set up everything for them. B chats with Schmack via Twitter about the camel dick she's dealing with and the girl that Schmack is in love with. The chapter ends with going for a run and getting locked in the cemetery <laughs> Alrighty. okay so this is when i was like okay i'm i'm like ready i'm ready to just dive into the meat of yep. their dynamic their relationship like everything yep. at this point i also just want to call out the fact that the that people were so adamant on invalidating b and what needs to be done to the helmet Seriously. it was so excessive and annoying i was like mark shut up it is not impossible but that's all you can say i guess literally (laughs) screw you mark yeah and then we also get another glimpse of this like sullivan prototype which is the second time that we've heard of the name i just wanted to mention that because we'll be revisiting that later on page 106 again another thing about the female gaze page 106 Mm. says quote levi happens to enter the room right at 
that moment, nodding his good mornings in our general direction and rolling up the sleeves of his Henley. His forearms are strong and insanely attractive. Theoni, I threw up in my mouth and I had to put the book down because I was like, why is that so hot? Literally. Why? Tell me why. It's like, why is a forearm turning me on? Why? But guess what? It, it is. is. I was like, I was like, I needed to take really deep breaths because I could not handle it. I was like, no, literally. I was like, oh my God, just the idea of him like rolling it up. Like, oh my God, I can't even like imagine it because I'm going to lose my mind. But that description also fit Levi as a character so well because he's like a bro, you know? Yes, so then him rolling up his sleeves. <laughs> he is a bro. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Whew. Okay. Okay. On page 107, he teases B for the first time, referencing that disc that she did when she first saw the helmet prototype. And when it happened, I almost couldn't believe it. I was like, I I was like, oh my God, he did not just tease her. Like, (gasps) Levi Ward is capable of humor and possible. Like, (laughs) I was like, this is crazy. And it's funny too, because B didn't even realize it either. She's like, oh, he's teasing me. I was like, wow, okay. Okay. <laughs> it was almost like him testing the waters and like not being able to help himself, you know? Yes, because he's in love with her, okay? I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need to take deep breaths. <sighs> okay. Talking about the water fountain, let's read a quote on page 110. <laughs> so, oh, God. It says, quote, He's so tall, he needs to hunch over the fountain. His biceps shift under the cotton of his shirt. Was he this big in grad school or did I get even shorter? No one thinks like this, Theoni, okay? No. no one, okay? And I was, again, at this point, I was just already done with it. I was like, whatever, whatever. Like, thank you, but no thank you, okay? Like, I've had no, enough. Literally, I, enough with the it's tall. It's too many slices yeah. and I'm, I'm fine, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I will admit that the, like the like his biceps like shifting. Oh, under. that part! Oh, so good! <laughs> Amazing! So good! I love myself a good Give like muscle a- description. <laughs> Selena's like, I love myself a good bicep. <laughs> you know, I'm a sucker for those broad shoulders. I already said that's that's the Henry Cavill kind of kind of look. <laughs> Don't mention. <laughs> Okay. I literally rewatched the video of Henry Cavill earlier reading thirst tweets. Oh God, that one's he so is good. So he's literally so attractive. He is. It should be illegal. It makes me giggly. Yeah. No, it literally should be illegal. The only thing I want to call out about Guy setting up B's and Rocio's equipment is that Allie Hazelwood establishes Guy as the harmless, kind co-worker, which we've already talked about. But on page 111, Rocio says, quote, he looks like the harmless harmless love child of a mere cat and an altar boy when B asks if he's making her feel uncomfortable, which is why I don't even consider him as a like harmful you know oh my god i'm sorry but that that description i forgot it was in that chapter but that actually made me like laugh out loud like a meerkat in an (laughs) altar like how did you come up with that description but also it makes so much sense yes and oh, that another sidebar makes me love rocio even more like i think she's so freaking hilarious Mm -hmm. but Again, going back to the point of like, well, I didn't even think about him. I didn't even give him a second thought because sure. Allie Hazelwood did such a good job of setting him up as like this, like just 
this guy, just her coworker. Mm-hmm. B then has a conversation with Schmack via Twitter and they talk about their lives. Schmack admits that he fucked up with the girl and that there's a lot of history there. Again, like I said, I live for this because we know it's Levi and and we're getting background on him without V ever really knowing that it's him. But for me, it almost humanizes Levi in a way, it which does. is why I love these conversation. But then it's also interesting, too, because it's like, well, B doesn't associate Schmack with Levi. So she's not she hasn't humanized Levi yet, but she has all sure. of these tools that she can. She just like doesn't know it. And I also just love that we get to see the journey of B falling in love with Levi when we're already in love with him because we know it's already Schmack is Levi. Exactly. I think I might, one of my things might be about that. Okay. Can I play it? Yes, for sure. Page 115 and 116. These people are some of the smartest scientists in the country, and they can't figure out that they're literally <laughs> talking to each other. Like, are you kidding me? This is, like, so ridiculous. Like, they're being so stupid. Yeah, so that was that. But honestly, no, I was like, at this point, you guys. Like, I and know. it got worse the more it went on. Like, but, I mean, we talked about it. No, but. I agree. I feel like Levi should have figured out easily who Marie was because mm. Levi was being shitty to be and Camel Dick was being mean to Marie. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, you should... You should have put two and two together, but B decides to go for a run, which, you know, good for her, but she doesn't realize that the cemeteries close at sunset. So she's locked inside with no way out. Um, Rocio isn't answering her phone and B doesn't want to call 911, which is like such a B thing. And I guess I was like, okay, fine. Like whatever. Plus her battery was so low that it was like giving me anxiety. So I was like, B, you just have to do something right now. Okay. Yeah, you're something. you're on like 9% and it's giving me anxiety. Finally. She decides to call Levi. When he answers and V states her name and says that they work together at NASA and Levi pauses and he's like, I know who you are, B. I cackled. I, I don't know why I thought it was so funny, but I feel like it's such a B thing to do, especially when she's really nervous. And Levi's like, a fucking course I know who you are, B. I'm in love with you. Like, of course yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I thought it was just so funny. <laughs> I really like that moment. Yes. <laughs> the chapter ends with B, you know, telling him like what where she is and what happened. But she doesn't even ask him to come and rescue her before he agrees to come and get her. Like this he man is, is so in love with her. Like what the he would heck? Drop anything. Really? To help her. Yeah. I will say just one thing. I thought it was a bit excessive on page 120 when he said, quote, I've got you. Don't worry. OK, I don't know. I thought that was just a little too on the on the head for me, especially mm. at this point in the book. I, sure. I guess I want to hear your thoughts on like that on his dialogue there. Was that on page 120? Yes. Yeah. Because I have a voice memo <gasps> from 120 and I'm curious if it's about that. Let's I do don't it. remember. Yeah. So let me play it and then I'll give my thoughts if it's not. OK. Page 120. Come on now. He wanted to help her right away. I am such a sucker for that stuff. That's so cute. And she thinks he hates her. Girlfriend. Girl. Shoo. 
<laughs> okay, so it wasn't about that. But I guess I didn't really think about it before you just said that. But mm. now that you say that, I do agree that it seemed a bit on the head for where we were at. Yeah. Like, I got you, don't worry. Like, he already was so desperate to go and help her. So then to say, I've got you, don't worry, was a lot. It was. I, I mean, this is only chapter eight. We're only like 100 pages in. I was like, I don't know. I feel like, yes, maybe you can dismiss it as like, oh, that's just Levi. And now B is getting that side of Levi now that she's actually working with him. But I don't know. For me, it just felt just a little, a little too much. But yeah, that is it for chapter eight. Do you have anything else? I sure don't. Okay. Chapter nine. In chapter nine, Levi rescues B from the cemetery. And B has a realization that she might be a damsel in distress and might actually enjoy it. <laughs> then Levi offers her a ride home only to realize that B has forgotten her keys and can't get them until morning. This prompts Levi to invite B to sleep at his house, which is the place B discovers Levi is not a dad, is not married, but is a vegan just like her. <laughs> B, B also states multiple times that this must not be easy for him because she's someone Levi hates but Levi seems to have a reaction to her saying it every time I love this chapter so much oh my gosh okay so the quote that says oh my god am I a damsel in distress it was so funny to me (laughs) remember when you said earlier like throughout the book we get these little like flashbacks of things tim would say to her so this is one of those times on page 124 i'm self-conscious of my legs because tim said i was bow-legged i hate tim why are you saying she has like what the heck is wrong with i know i i remember reading that i was like tim you fucker i if i ever see you i'm it's on site it's on site like i i am ready i was like i was like you're so freaking rude and it just we find out more about her and Tim's relationship, which we'll get into later, but it just pissed me off. It just pissed me off. <laughs> so, something about you saying on site just gave me life. <laughs> but you're you're right, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I literally wrote one of my notes. Ha, 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 ha. I love that he starts the car and tells her to put on the seatbelt without even giving her a choice. That's so hot. Because he was like... That's so hot. It is. Because he's like, you're not arguing with me. Get in the car. Buckle your seatbelt. I'm taking you to my... Like, you know? Damn. Yeah. No. I'd be like... No, it's like one of those TikTok trends where it's like i won't i won't sit down or blah 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 and then it's like of like henry cavill and he says sit down and like you're sad <laughs> it's kind of like did that. one of those tiktoks you did i know like you Bernard. did <laughs> <Bernard>. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like that where it's like it's like oh no like yeah. i don't i'm gonna get out now and it'll be fine and then levi's like no sit down put your seatbelt on and i'm like okay <laughs> Yeah, literally. Okay, whatever you say. (laughs) Okay, I have a quote on page 129. Okay. The second I see Levi's house, I want to burn it down with a flamethrower because it's perfect. And I love that she just goes on to describe his house and like... Is it's exactly what she would want, and I, I don't know. That just made me so happy, and it was like foreshadowing because I was like, okay, you guys are gonna be together, and you're gonna live in this house that she literally thinks is perfect, and it's gonna be so happy. I don't know. I just loved that. 
it really is it was like so perfect before we can get to the happy ending we get to the part in the third act which i won't talk about now which makes it even worse about what he says mm -hmm. about their relationship but mm -hmm. that's a good point we'll put a pin in it and we'll we'll revisit it <laughs> great <laughs> okay there's there's a quote in this chapter when b calls herself a stability slut and it made me like actually cackle out loud and <laughs> i related so much to that like yeah. i think i too am a slut for stability so on page 131 when she literally just goes where is your family and then and then he's so smug he's like well my mom lives here and my yes! dad lives, and my and I, she was like not that family your other family and he's like does my father have a secret family she's like no your kid where is he he said, my what? And then I don't know why the way this scene unfolds just gave me life. Like, it's so funny to me. It is. Well, and it, he's literally like, you have it so wrong. Yeah. Well, it stems from the whole fact of like, oh, she can take a shower in his ensuite bathroom. And she's like, oh. What will his wife think about it or something? Like something ridiculous. Like I just it's so it's so funny. But also it just tells us a lot about V and how like considerate she is, especially after what fucking Tim did to her. On page 134, when he notes that she needs bug cream without her asking, because he noticed her itching her legs a lot. Like, oh my gosh. Like when a man can't anticipate to your needs that is sexy theoni his love language is acts of services and that's why i love him so much no like, it totally totally it is so is and again we get into it later but it's like he just knows he just knows and i'm like he that's so attractive <laughs> <laughs> it literally is so she comes downstairs after her shower you know her hair's wet she's wearing his t-shirt mm -hmm. and he says food will be dot 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 he starts and then stops when he turns around and sees me in the room i grab two fistfuls of my shirt and pretend to curtsy thank you for the scound my good sir your dot 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 he sounds hoarse you're welcome food will be ready in five minutes <laughs> so stunned he was so he was like oh my god she looks so hot in my shirt yeah, like he like could he, not actually handle himself he could not function but also mm -hmm. b's like nonchalant about it she's like thank you she's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like so she doesn't clueless. even i know really she does not even realize <laughs> oh my god my good sir See, <laughs> i find b so relatable like that's yeah. the one thing i will say Allie Hazelwood's female characters, I really relate to them a lot. I related yeah. to Olive a lot. And then when B does mm. shit like that, it really just, okay. And then when she finds out he's vegan too, she, okay, wait, where yeah. does it go? She goes, this is what it says. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's a vegan. I mutter to myself. He is. I look up. Levi is staring at me with a puzzled patient expression. And I have no idea how to tell him that this is like the 10th thing we have in common. I don't know yeah. why I cackled out loud when she whispered it to herself because she was like, no way. And he's like, he is like, and he yes! hurt her. <laughs> like, that's so embarrassing. It is. And then what's even better? She goes to open all his cupboards. She's like, all yep. of this like vegan stuff. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> 
I love it so much. Um, but that's pretty much what I have for chapter nine. So ready for chapter 10? Yes. Chapter 10 begins with conducting a demonstration and test of neurostimulation on Guy. This activity earns praise and interest from her peers. Then B has lunch with Levi and Guy, which leads to Guy asking B out on a date. Mm -hmm. However, Levi saves the date and tells Guy B is married to Tim, which B doesn't have a chance to deny because she thinks Levi was just trying to help her. Yep. Next, B helps Roe study for the GRE, to which Kaylee joins and sides with them about how dumb it is. So this almost was like a foreshadowing transition chapter to me. Yep. Like it, it didn't do a ton in the moment, but it also needed to happen because I felt like it helped set up stuff for later. Like between yeah. the conversation with the GRE and Guy asking her out and like the whole thing where she wasn't sure if Levi knew yep. that she, you know, so... Mm -hmm. On page 139, when Guy started singing Britney Spears, I cackled. Again, another small detail that's like, this is the most harmless, like, person ever, you know? Like, he's I just know. a funny, nerdy guy, you Yeah, know? like, he's so much fun, he could never do anything so fucking horrible. Yep. You know? Like Literally. <laughs> Literally, that's exactly what it was. So I'm not going to go through it totally, but she talks about how her friend Annie had told her about the three different kinds of guys, right? So the cute yeah. guys. And I like how it all said TM. I like, know. I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. So we have like the cute guys, the handsome guys, and the sexy guys. Mm -hmm. And I love that that kind of, you know, it, it really shows us how she perceives Levi, right? So Levi has now become the sexy guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The unattained, like, you know. Um, yeah. And like the unattainable person. But then I like how it goes on of how she starts realizing that like he's a little bit of everything, um, which I really like. Yes, it was it was like almost perfect the way that that mm -hmm. that like storyline transitioned and to be like, oh, he's everything, which is so cute. Yep. <gasps> yeah, he is everything. Uh. OK, <laughs> and then I just have to say the whole scene at the picnic or at the lunch table when you know guy asked her out mm -hmm. and she like panicked but then levi saved the day and she was like oh he he must know that i'm not married but he must just be trying to help me out of the situation yeah and that just gave me so much stress because at yeah. that point again it just confirmed me i'm like levi doesn't know he doesn't know he doesn't have any idea which also makes sense why he's been so hands off because he's like she's yes. married and like i literally have to restrain myself like yes. it's not like she's some single girl that I can lose myself in like she is married so I have to hold back exactly and that's another reason why I think that Levi didn't know that Mar that Marie on Twitter was B because he has this notion that she's that this like girl that he wants is married and Marie on Twitter is just another random girl so they can't ever mm -hmm. be the same so it just reinforces the fact that like it makes sense why they don't know it's them on Twitter there was a very small interaction between Rocio and Kaylee in this chapter. And that's when I first wrote, Ro clearly has a crush on Kaylee because of the way she looks down and like <laughs> doesn't know how to act because we get the background that like Rocio is one of the people who will just say whatever she wants and like doesn't have shame. So then yeah. the fact that she did 
I was like, something's going on here. You know? Yes. Yeah, I agree. But that's what I have for chapter 10. Again, not a ton of new yeah. stuff. But nice. Let's get into chapter 11 then. Here is my synopsis. B and Levi are in the lab working late. B asks for the newest blueprints and Levi directs her to the server. But B says that they aren't there. They make a bet that the blueprints truly aren't on the server. If B is right, she gets a Yoda Best neuroscientist mug. And if Levi is right, B has to run a 5K. Levi eventually finds them on the server, but in a different folder than they're supposed to be. Boris tells B and Levi that they're going to attend the Human Brain Imaging Conference in New Orleans. The chapter ends with B and Levi arguing about bringing up the file-saving error to the larger team. This was the cutest fucking chapter. Like this is I when know. I this is when I was like, oh. Oh, I, I see it. I see it now. I see the relationship slowly, slowly start. And I was like, <laughs> I was getting so excited. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the stakes and the events that like push the plot forward. But these quiet moments between them were to <laughs> die for. Like, literally. <laughs> and I love a good bet. I love yes! a good bet in a book. Yes. It just feels so like flirty and like fun, you know? Yes. When they're like actually looking for the blueprints on the server and he comes over and stands behind her i nearly died i nearly died because I, again it's the little it's like the little touches and it was killing mm -hmm. me to read literally so hot so really hot really unnecessarily so <laughs> mm -hmm. no literally yeah and i bet she was like he is so tall he just <laughs> towers over me don't get me started <laughs> on page 155 it says, quote, he types quickly, the inside of his elbows brushing against my upper arms. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw oh, up. Like, you're literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> OK, sorry. I'm reading my note. And it says, also, while I'm dying about their minimal contact, we found we find out that the files have been moved, LOL, which is an important part to the plot, but not as important as they're touching. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> i was like moved files who cares they're touching yeah <laughs> oh no but gosh. it's so true though like that is where my focus was truly yeah so then eventually you know levi wins the bet because he finds them on the server just in a different folder that b wasn't looking in and then at this point, Boris comes in and tells them that they have to go to this conference because Magtech will be there kind of presenting their ideas about the helmet prototype that they have. The chapter ends with Levi walking her home because he's so adamant on it. And he rides a bike, too. So he's like pushing his bike while they're like walking together to her house. And I was just like, this man is perfect. This man is literally perfect. just it's again the little details that just make it so I don't yeah. know why, but just something is so romantic about walking with a bike like next. I don't know. I don't know why that stuck with me, but it did. Yeah. The chapter ends with them discussing if they want to bring up this file saving server issue to the team. B says no, but Levi says yes. In my defense, I would agree with Levi, especially with how 
touchy and high stakes this project is is that like we need to be sure that none of our competitors are getting these blueprints we need to be sure that no information is slipping through and it's very it's a very high profile project so i understand levi's point but i also agree with b because they don't know who's at fault so talking to the Mm -hmm. entire team isn't isn't fair and i was wondering if you had like any thoughts on that i mean again i see both perspectives i think the thing is is i don't think necessarily talking to the whole team would be a bad thing depending on how you talk about it because it's like here's an issue going on i don't know for sure that someone is doing something Mm -hmm. but just so you know this is happening and we either need to be more careful or something needs to be done about it yeah so i don't i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because that is a big deal when files are getting moved around and people don't know about it especially in their line of work so Mm -hmm. to me i i just didn't really see it as some big thing that it kind of became between them um to have a disagreement about but yeah i just didn't think it was that big of a deal Okay, but that's all that I have for 11. Let's get into 12. So here is a synopsis. B's tweet about the fair graduate admissions blow up on Twitter and Schmack DMs her about it. B realizes that it it's becoming a huge movement and journalists are asking her for an interview. B and Schmack converse about Camel Dick and the girl and Schmack admits that the girl is everything that he wants, but there's nothing he can do about it because she's married. The chapter ends with B confronting Levi about telling the team about the file saving error because he went behind her back to do so. When her tweet blew up, I was surprised because I didn't expect it to be as big um, of the plot as it really did, which we'll we'll talk about later in the book. But it this became like a huge part of the plot. And then she talks with Schmack about the girl and he gets she gets an update about, you know, how everything's been looking for for her and Schmack. And my note says this shit is crazy because it's revealed (laughs) that Schmack basically loves this girl, a.k.a. V. Like already chapter 12, like Levi is is already so in love with her he says that he knows everything about her what she likes and dislikes and all of the above what baffled me though is when he sent the page length novel about how much he loves this girl like i remember turning the page and like gasping (laughs) literally same no same because i was not expecting that but it made my heart soar me like, too. Like, I was is, so happy. He is so head over heels for her. And it was so cute, but also sad, though, because you could tell he really, truly loved her and appreciated her and everything that she does. But he, in his mind, unfortunately, like thinks that like she's married and he can't he can't have her anymore. And it made me so sad. Here are some of my favorite quotes that he wrote in the freaking novel length message on page 166. It says, quote, I want to tell her that she's luminous. She's so bright in my mind. Sometimes I can't focus. I want to push her against a wall and I want her to push back. She's everything I ever wanted and I want to inject her into my veins and also to never see her again. Excuse me? (gasps) That is the... (laughs) Most romantic thing I've ever freaking read. So romantic. 
And it just, again, it makes me so sad because Levi deserves to, I know, Levi deserves to be so happy. I just think about if I ever found out a man said that about me, I don't, how do you function after that? I would die. I would literally die. Yeah, I would straight up die. Yeah. (laughs) Here are my voice memos. This is page 165. Okay. So I think I might actually throw up (laughs) page 165. When Schmack, which is literally Levi, let's f- talk about it, says, I know what she loves to eat, what shows she watches, what makes her laugh, her opinions on pets. I know her dislikes aside from me. I've been cataloging, I can't even talk. <laughs> I've been cataloging a million little quirks of hers in my head, and they are enchanting. She is enchanting. And then it goes on, and there are things, things I think about, but I'm drunk and this is inappropriate. <laughs> I also love that he's drunk talking about her. Like, that is just so funny. Like, he's just he's just drinking on a Thursday night, and all he can think about is B. Like, that's... I know! <laughs> okay, I don't know what 166 is, but here's okay. that. Um, I know I just talked about page 155, but 166... <laughs> I am unwell... That was the cutest thing I've ever read in my life. And everyone deserves a love like that. Yes. Well, I don't know. I sounded like I was legit about to cry. Again, it also like humanizes Levi for us. It doesn't humanize him for B because again, B does not know. But I think it's because we know it's Levi. It just makes him like, (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> this chapter ends on a zinger when B finds out that Levi told the team to be more careful about saving files on the server. She confronts him about it and is super upset because he called the meeting when he said he would wait to do so until they had evidence. A part of me was like, B, why are you getting so upset? It's just a meeting. It was literally a five minute meeting. That's what Levi and Lamar said. Mm-hmm. Five minute meeting. But on page 169, when she says, quote, because you did it behind my back, just like a month ago, when you didn't tell me about NASA trying to get Blink canceled, end quote. That's when I realized where her wound was coming in. Because Tim and Annie also went behind her back all Mm -hmm. the time. So at this point, I was like, oh, oh, just kidding. This is more than this is more than just a five minute meeting. This is her wound coming up and showing showing up in this form that because Levi went behind her back, she is very upset, which at that point I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I, I can definitely see why, why you're upset. I agree. And I like that as we go along, we start to learn like what the motivation is behind her wounds, like you said. Yes. And I, and I think that just goes to show like Allie Hazelwood's writing skills. Because yes. I think the fact that we can understand that is like really cool. Yes. Again, I feel like Allie Hazelwood stepped up with this book. It just, it, mm-hmm. it feels so much more in depth character wise and like character motives. The chapter ends with Levi saying that he'll pick her up at six for the conference for chapter 13 it's pretty much a transition chapter so i literally barely have any okay so chapter 13 is a transition chapter levi and b embark on their road trip to the conference mostly in comfortable silence but there's a moment which they open up to each other about their family lives then they arrive to the conference only for b to panic after seeing timmy (laughs) 
Tim and Annie there together. Mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to go into what they said about their families because obviously if you guys are listening to this mm-hmm. and you've read the book, but I do like that they felt comfortable sharing that much, but then also yes. felt comfortable being silent together yeah. because I feel like that that's a sign of a good relationship is when mm-hmm. you can talk, but like you can also be silent and it still feels comfortable mm-hmm. or okay. Yep. The only note I have about the chapter is page 175. I literally LOL'd when she said Quasimoto's. <laughs> you're right like that actually cracked me up but that's literally chapter 13 i have not one other thing to say about it the only thing i'll say about chapter 13 is that i really did like that levi and b had that space and time to connect because i feel like again even though it's a transition chapter i think we really really needed that in order to be on board with their relationship yeah and it also it also gave us a lot more knowledge on B's wounds of like how she how she goes about her life because her parents had died when she was younger because she ha- had to keep moving and all of that stuff. And then the only other thing is that like, yeah, I, I shit my pants when Tim and Annie were there too. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, I, oh my, like, ugh, I was so over it. This is one of those moments when they're going to the conference and they see this, these crappy people. Mm-hmm. It just really reminded me too much of the love hypothesis. Uh, yeah. Like when they went to the conference, like it was the same plot device, like yeah. the same thing to take their relationship to the next level. So yeah, I did. I do agree with that, that the whole conference thing was a turning point for them, mm-hmm. but it, because it happened at a conference, it reminded me of the love mm-hmm. hypothesis. Exactly. Uh, no. That's chapter 13 and also marks where we're going to end for today's episode. Yeah. I mean, we still have so much book left to discuss. And the so second half is so juicy and spicy. So juicy. <laughs> so, juice, so spicy. <laughs> yeah. Tune in next week to hear the second half of Love on the Brain. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.